live. It's your show. You can bring us anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we launch into another week of fun and excitement, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Coming up here tonight, an update on an old case involving the FCC and the nipple slip situation. We'll get to that. Uh, I'll give you the latest there, but your calls are first. We go to the phones. David is on the line in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hi, David. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk about the Liberty Dollar. Yes, sir. I don't. I don't think you've covered this yet. Have you at all talked about the asset or uh, the civil asset forfeiture case they're going against? Gosh, you haven't been listening much. <laughs> yeah, we've well, talked we about haven't it. talked about it a lot recently. I mean, recently maybe, but so uh, you're well, there, I mean, there was a move where they actually filed the, uh, the start the case. I know you talked about it. You know, when they were talking about doing this, the uh, class action lawsuit and all that stuff. But the feds actually filed a lawsuit against them. The feds have sued maybe the not. Liberty Dollar? Yeah, they actually did. I, I was reading through the uh, document they wrote up where they declare we are, a, uh, you know, you're a plaintiff and we're a defendant. That, um, I didn't think I heard you talk about that. And there were some interesting things in there I wanted to share. There's really just four points I wanted to cover. Yeah, okay. well, for, for those uh, that don't know, the Liberty Dollar is an alternative currency that is really backed by something. It's actually backed by gold and silver. And they've been in the marketplace since 1998, successfully distributing their currency. And I guess the feds decided that they'd had enough. Uh, late last year, in November, they came in and they raided uh, the Liberty Dollar's home office and literally stole all of their precious metals and pretty much everything in their office. Uh, and Bernard von Nothaus from the Liberty Dollar had been talking about a class action lawsuit in order to get the uh, the silver and the gold and the copper and all that stuff back and the platinum. And you're saying the feds have now sued the Liberty Dollar? Sort of. Um, it's, you know, for those who don't know, the civil asset forfeiture is a way they can take your property, even if you're cleared of all crimes. Oh, that's right. They're suing the actual. Uh, they're suing the actual silver. Yeah, that's that was what my doing. first point. Is so you don't have to read the boring legalese. The part that's kind of funny at the beginning is it, it declares as a defendant. Like so many pounds of gold, so many pounds of silver, but yeah. in this company aren't even listed as defendants. Mm-hmm. So like, how how do you sue a pile of metal, and how does the metal defend itself in court? Only in the world of legal land could such yeah. a thing be possible. But the the three more interesting points that were um, worth knowing. One was it's claiming that it's illegal to make a coin that resembles currency. Um, you know, U.S. You mean the U.S. currency? Hmm? You mean when you say that you mean U.S. currency? Yeah. Uh, or even foreign coins like Canadian coins or whatever. Mm-hmm. When we think of counterfeit, we usually think of it looks pretty darn close. But they're saying if it could be confused, even if it's very different. So they're, it just kind of gives a preview for the coming criminal case. They're looking at things like trusting God, which they put on the coin, mm-hmm. is similar to in God we trust. And so that could resemble enough. Right. Uh, Apparently, uh, you know, the, maybe the standards uh, that they're going by is, you know, your average dumb dummy. Uh, because, I mean, I've seen the Liberty Dollars. I've got a bunch of them myself, and they are clearly different from U.S. currency in that they're silver, shiny, beautiful, and they've got toll-free numbers and websites on them. Yeah, I it mean, seems obvious. But and my other question is, what about those? Uh, you know, you know, have you, have you seen those like million-dollar bills with the Statue of Liberty on them? Hmm. They're green. Well, 
their this, paper. If this uh, goes through, it might set precedence to go after those guys and the funny money and monopoly money. Maybe, but then, but then again, the, uh, the the million dollar bills is more of a joke, and it's not a real serious competitor to the U.S. currency. Yeah. It's not a serious com- went after. Right, it's not a serious competitor. But if if they're saying that it could be it, the issue is confusion, then I think that there's somebody out there that could be confused. I've heard I've heard a news story of somebody trying to sell. Yeah, but use Mark, this. look, I mean, come on, I, I see where you're coming from, and it's you're not exaggerating on your point. They very well could do something like that, but seizing a bunch of million dollar bills is, you know, it's funny money. It's not going to do them any good, whereas taking gold and silver is definitely something these federal people are interested in, because remember, they're just thieves, and so why would they want to go and steal a bunch of, you know, another bunch of stacks of paper? They've already got plenty of paper, but they don't have so much gold, silver, and platinum, so that's why they stole all the stuff from the Liberty Bell. I'm with you, and I I agree that their motivations would be, their motivations would be different. However, if they're making that, you know, point, you know, that it's confusion. I've seen a $3 bill of Bill Clinton's face on it, too. <laughs> the, uh, the chilling thing, though, the, the problem is it, it opens up. There's no definitive standard, so it really just becomes the whim of the judge who says, yeah, it's similar where it isn't. Yep. Yeah. There's no standard. Right. And well, right the, now, also, the judge, when he's looking at this issue, is not impartial. He works for the government, so it's not just going to be a decision of whether or not it looks like it's uh, similar. It's going to be, hmm, if I decide this looks similar, then my buddies get to keep, you know, hundreds yeah. of pounds of uh, silver and gold, or I don't remember how many pounds it was that they confiscated, but it, it was, was significant. It was, it was millions and millions of dollars worth of, yeah. uh, of precious metals. So if I decide it looks similar, then we get to keep the money, and if I decide it's different, then we have to give it back. I mean, that's going to be their the choice. The third point was like the uh, even though some coins maybe kind of sort of resemble some U.S. coins, but the, like the Ron Paul copper is so far off anything. It's got Ron Paul's head. There's no copper coin nearly as big, and they don't even list it as a coin that resembles anything. But it's still in the lawsuit as though mm. if some coins that you make maybe do legitimately resemble U.S. coins, then all your coins are now illegal. Even the ones that don't. Yeah, I, I can see that point, and likely they would, you know, they're they're going to lose on that particular one because obviously it doesn't look any, you know, the the, the Ron Paul copper is, it's it's bigger than a silver dollar. It's thicker than a what they call a silver dollar. And excuse it's me. copper. And it's made out of copper. I mean, there's 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 nothing like that out there. But they're going to lose that portion. But you know what they like to do in these lawsuits is they like to give a little bit back to the defendant, and I'll bet you they mm-hmm. give back the copper thing. You like know, a bribe. But just you know, say hey, well, hey you, you know, got something. We're being fair here, aren't yeah. we? It's fair. Here's the last point, which right. is probably the the most shocking one of all. One of the similarities they had the gall to actually cite is that the Lady Liberty design that's on the just the basic Silver Liberty uh, resembles one of the recent presidential dollar coins. I think with James Madison. Okay. And what's interesting about that is the Silver Liberty was out in I think you said '98. And the James Madison dollar came out last year. So they beat him to the market. Or 2007. Yeah, so even if you make a coin first, you're still guilty. <laughs> and it raises questions like, so if they want to put you out of business, they just start minting coins that are like yours. Apparently. And then yeah. if, let's say you comply and you change your dies to have a different design, will they go after people who distribute coins that were made before the James Madison dollar or whatever? It's crazy. I mean, yeah. I don't expect anything good to come out of this. Now, Bernard, was uh, he's still filing his lawsuit and trying to, like... What get an injunction on that particular case? So it doesn't I don't go remember through? the details. I'm not. I'm not. I don't own any of the certificates, so I couldn't get in on it. But this was actually in one of his alerts, and it, it almost slipped through because I, you know, it focused on other issues. But then I kind of clicked through the links and, and found that government, yeah, like a PDF of the actual uh, yeah. lawsuit document and. You know, now that you bring that up, I, I remember coming across it, but for whatever reason, it didn't click with me, and I guess we didn't talk about yeah, that on the air. Yeah, you got to look it up. If You might find some more uh, details you might want to talk about on the air that I missed. 
I, I think you pretty <laughs> much Thanks for bringing it up, and sorry for uh, being yeah. crabby at you. Yeah. No, well, no, no, no. Yeah. When you talk about uh, the federal government, it's easy to get crabby. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude, for the call, David. We appreciate uh, hearing from you tonight. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So in case you didn't quite pick up this point, it's pretty important. Whenever the government goes after asset forfeiture, when they use these asset forfeiture laws against somebody, whether they be an alleged drug dealer or, in this case, somebody who had some gold and silver, uh, they they actually charge in court the money. They charge the money. They With do not charge the individual. done something wrong. Correct. Something. How can money do anything? Correct. It doesn't and, move. And I don't think there's ever really been a case in which the money has won. I don't think there has. I don't know. So, I don't know uh, much about it, but uh, it, it, it's all very strange to me. Yeah, it's really sad when these things happen because how do you deal with that? How do you do? You hire a lawyer for the money to go in and defend the money. Does the can the money sign its own paperwork to hire the lawyer? I just it's very confusing, and the whole asset forfeiture situation is set up to be a win situation for the government. I mean, there's very very little chance that you, as a defendant in that situation, will actually come out victorious in any in any way. And all these really laws were all these laws were passed in the uh, you know in, in, under the the guise of being you know tough on the war on drugs tough on crime mm-hmm. and when really they're tough on americans and they're tough on uh, you keeping your personal property is what they are yep uh, the, the, you know these people didn't do anything wrong in having gold and silver and using it back and forth as oh, a they, oh, yes they did no yes, they, they did they threatened the government's solvency mark they threatened the legitimacy of the state by using an alternative currency everyone is supposed to use their worthless money and so these liberty dollar people went out and used real money and they, that's very dangerous to the state for the rest of us it's good news we should be using alternative currencies and the liberty dollar is a wonderful example of that more coming up this is free talk live This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Uh, they appear on the Shrine, and you could, too, if you are a lady listener. Go get all the details on how to do that over at shrine.freetalklive.com. And, uh, of course, look around and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. To your calls, we go to Aaron in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Aaron. Hey guys, I was listening to uh, last night's show right now on the pod uh, on the podcast. Saturday show, just, yes, sir. Saturday show. Sorry about that. Yeah, and I uh, just finished listening to a call from some uh, end of the world um, Bible literalist, and I <laughs> wanted to uh, thank Mark for calling the guy out to the mat with Jesus's real name. That it's uh, in fact not actually Jesus, yeah, because that's a mistranslation. You know, it's, also, it's funny to me um, that that whole issue is that, uh, you know, Jesus' real name is Yahushua, and then the English translation of it, obviously, is Joshua. 
You know, and, and that in and of itself to me is, is enough to prove not that Christianity isn't true. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you can ever prove that one way or the other, but it's enough to prove to me that a, a fair and just God would say, look, there's some translation problems here with this book, and I can understand if you don't believe it literally word for word, mm. and, uh, you know, therefore it, it calls everything into question. If the Bible isn't the unerring literal word of God, every every tittle, then As they what claim do you do it with is. it? Well, they claim not, that it not, is. Not everybody does. The, many, the literalists do. The literalists do, but many Christians, you know, they go by, uh, you know, whatever I feel like believing in, um, you know, whichever parts of it I, I like. And I, I can understand, I guess, you know, whatever it is that you choose to do as far as your religion goes. I mean, mine's essentially made up, too, so... Whatever, well, but I but think a lot of um, a lot of Christians and you know various denominations of, and I include Catholics and all this in there, is that all of their roots, they're all rooted in Judaism. I mean, all of these Christian um, Christian denominations, they're all offshoots of uh, you know Jewish people believing that Jesus was the Messiah at the time. So they offshoot, they 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 had an offshoot to create their own religion, and. Where I think the Bible becomes, and I, I hate to use the word, but I'm going to say it, bastardized, is when it came over into the Western world. Now, the Aramaics and the Hebrews, you know, the foundation of what Judaism is, was a um, uh, an iller, they were an illiterate culture, no written language. Mm -hmm. So a lot of their myths and stories were told, you know, around a campfire over generations, mm -hmm. and that is what became what uh, what we Jews call the Talmud. And even the Old Testament to a point is a is finally a written a written record of those of that oral tradition. Mm -hmm. Now Jews even at that time understood, you know, the concept of a game of telephone, that over, you know, generations telling the story, things start to change. And they stopped viewing these stories as actual literal of uh oh aaron where are you on a cell phone hello are you on a cell phone? I, I am all right it's dropping out a little say those last few lines again um i would say they um they the the old testament the talmud is more of like an aesop's fable than it is an actual literal recording of history mm-hmm wasn't the Talmud wasn't wasn't there some crackpot on here claiming the Talmud was, was satanic? Right, the Talmud satanic, whereas the Torah wasn't, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and you know what? I had to uh, I had to force myself not to call in and ream that guy too. Why not? You should uh, call in and ream people if you feel uh, like it. Man, that one <laughs> we like a good reaming. I, I don't know if you guys remember. Um, you know, I called a couple months ago. I'm the Orthodox Jew that's an agnostic. That's very I interesting. Don't. Only Sorry. in Judaism, by the way, can you uh, be an Orthodox Jew and agnostic hey, at the same time. Exactly, but. <laughs> You know, what a lot of these literalists don't understand is that the Old Testament and the New Testament were written by Jews to convince other Jews that Jesus is the, the Messiah. And at the time that these stories were being written and told to other Jews to convince them of this, they were still in this oral tradition of, you know, they would tell great, big, over-the-top fables and stories, but Jews understood that these weren't literal happenings. But these were supposed to be anecdotes of the great miracles that this man could do, and it wasn't until the Christian the uh, the religion became westernized. It's Western thought that 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 thinks in terms of literals and not in terms of abstract. Hmm. It's when it became westernized and translated into you know the languages that we know 
that it became literal. And it was never intended to be that way. Interesting. You know, there, um, there, there are a whole bunch of books, we, we call them the Apocrypha, um, that, uh, and I'm sure you've heard of them, that... They they basically are uh, these these folk tales that are too folk taley for the Bible. Um, well, know. like Jesus Christ as a little boy supposedly made a dove out of mud and threw it up in the air, and then his mother Mary from the kitchen window saw him, freaked out and scolded him and said, "You're too young to be performing your miracles in public." That's one of those stories. And the, the, you know, there's all kinds of them. I hadn't heard that one, but it's uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, and the the thing is, is the Christians don't realize that they they called out a bunch of this stuff that was even too crazy. Saint George and the Dragon, I believe, is one of the uh, the the Old uh-huh. Testament Bibles uh, uh, books, and it just shows to show that you know it's that crazy sound and stuff. Hmm. And they they called all this stuff out to make it more believable. You know, the whole walking on water, turning water to wine, um, you know, raising the dead. That stuff was considered believable compared to the other stuff. A lot of the other stuff. And wow. I'm not just talking about Jesus' miracles. I'm talking about all all kinds yeah. of books of the Bible. Interesting. I didn't know all that. And so you've got it. it it's a folk tale, people. Yeah. I mean, there are there are all kinds of uh, saviors running around. They thought that Jesus. You know, there was another group that thought that Jesus came. Uh, you know, a hundred years prior to that, there are all kinds of saviors running around at that time, and I don't mean literally running around. They were they were uh, imaginary people. Yeah. Paul never places Jesus in Jerusalem in any of his letters. He never places Jesus on earth. He never talks about any of his miracles. He never talks about uh, any of his life. He only talks about his death, his resurrection, and you know, and, and that kind of stuff. He only talks about him in a uh, sort of a, a savior setting. He doesn't talk about him as the you know a, a man who walked on earth. On earth. That's the other disciples talk about that stuff and that's and paul is the majority of the books of the new testament it's it's a mess and And if anybody you know if anybody's interested you know really to know like what hogwash you know literal um literal belief in in these texts are you only have to do a little bit of research at the library on the internet the the romans at the time were better record keepers than the nazis were Mm. (laughs) and there are records of this man's birth um, you know, the whole, the, uh, the birth miracle with the star and the three kings and all of that. Yeah, they're a record of all of these things happening, but they all happened over the course of about eight or nine years. The idea hmm. that a Jewish person would be born in a manger would never, ever happen. The only reason that became part of the story is, you know, it, it all kind of goes down to that Jewish guilt thing. We've had the Jewish guilt for millennia. The idea that someone could be born from such a humble beginning as being born in a manger. Well, there's a perfectly good hotel next door. <laughs> Thanks for the call yes. tonight, Aaron. We appreciate the discussion. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. So enjoy those on us. Those features, by the way, include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with lots of people, over 2,000 participants there, over 350,000 posts. Uh, Again, it's all for free. So go on to bbs.freetalklive.com and get interactive. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
www.freetalklive.com. It is the cure for naked, jumptees.com. Go get funny, sexy, clever t-shirts all at jumptees.com. Don't go through life naked. Get jumped at jumptees.com. Pants not included. Jumptees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants. 800-259-9231 to your call. Sam in Texas on the amp line. Hello, Sam. Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. I watched this movie online called Zegatist. Now, I don't recommend it because... Zeitgeist? Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist, yeah, thank you. Zeitgeist is <laughs> you German for the spirit of the times. I'm it's, sorry. It's, it's one of them, fun, it's one of them funny uh, words. It's a German word, uh, and it means spirit of the times. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Now, I don't recommend it because it goes into all the 9-11 stuff in the middle, but the very beginning is, I thought, was pretty fascinating. And it I agree. talks about you know, religions over time. And, you know, the most important thing to people back then was the sun. I mean, they they lived and died by it. They planted their crops and they were farming people. And, you know, there wasn't this abundance of food and all of these products and services that keep us safe today. Well, you know, if you're going to worship something, I mean, the sun is a pretty good god to to worship. And and, and then it started drawing corollaries with uh, the Bible and some of the stories and talks about how, the natural rotation of the Earth, what happens is the sun gets lower and lower in the horizon, where on Easter it reaches its lowest point, where it sits for three days, and then it rises again. Sounds a lot like the story in the Bible. It does sound that way, yeah. I read uh, last week they found some, I can't remember if it was a stone tablet or a scroll or something, that describes the same thing, the same process of this uh, savior or whatever, uh, drop, dying for three days and then rising again. And this was from before Christ. So this idea has been around, you know, time and time again. It also talks about how... Well, before uh, you go on, uh, Sam, they have, uh, you know, apparently the, the church doctrine on this is, in fact, that Satan um, knew that Jesus was going to come and then created all these, uh, you know, savior stories prior to uh, Jesus coming. So that's that's the church doctrine. I mean, that's the best they can do is Satan made up all these stories. They were all plants. The, 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 all of the other stories that have virtually the right. same story arc and details. They're not true. We're all planted by Satan. However, the Jesus one is. Uh, I see. Yeah. And that people don't see that as just clutching at straws. <laughs> but they, they may or may most of them just simply haven't ever heard it before at all. And it's yeah. fine. It's fine with me if you don't want to look into it, if you like your religion the way it is and you like your church community the way it is, and that's all fine. Well, challenging one's belief system can be an uncomfortable process, and people want to deny and deny and what, reject. What bothers me mostly about Christianity, I, I must admit that I'm, I'm mad at the religion for the, uh, you know, just all the crap that was jammed down my throat in Christian school. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to admit that. I know it sounds like it, and it's true. It's not the the religion that jammed all that stuff down your throat. It's the organized religion that did that. The religion are just ideas and thoughts. It's what the people who have gotten together in order to make money from it have turned it into that I think has created all of that. Mm, Indeed. Any other Um, things you wanted to share? One other interesting thing that I thought it was pretty uh, shocking was Every uh, uh, 2,150 years, roughly, the planet, the solar system rotates or something like that, and we point to a different constellation. Now, right now, we're pointing at the Pisces-like constellation, which is why the Christians, you know, it said, well, look at the sign that the Christians use, the two fish, whereas before that, it was the Taurus, and when Moses comes down from the mountain, they're 
all worshiping the Taurus and or the bull, the statue of the bull, when he says, "No, cast away that god." Now it's this one, you know. So I don't know. I, the Bible has a lot of great examples of how people can live their life and uh, create and make positive differences in the world. It's also got a lot of other crap in it, so take it for yeah. what it's worth, I guess. There, there are a lot better books out there with uh, just a bunch of positive good stuff, and you don't have to filter out the nonsense. So it's I certainly not the best advice book out there. I, I, you know, I think I think it's fine, and I think it's uh, you know, but at the same time, it's a collection of old fables, um, in, you know, folklore. And if you're going to believe old folk, folklore, why that folklore? Why not other folklore? Well, that's what mom and dad believe. I mean, if I believe, if I decided to believe, you know, whatever, pick one, right? Uh, pick one of the old uh, religions. Uh, I believe that Thor made thunder. There's a man up there with a big hammer making thunder. Mm. Oh, come on, people. <laughs> Could be, Mark. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> Thanks, Sam, for the call tonight. Appreciate it, man. Oh, you're going to court tomorrow, right? I am, yes. All right. So I'm sure we'll hear some more interesting stories from Sam's adventures in legal land. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Let's continue with Carl in Montreal. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Carl. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on I your mind? I have something to say regarding the Bible, too. Okay. See, I used to grew up as a, you know, a Catholic Protestant family. I started researching the Bible. I haven't seen Zeitgeist, but I do agree with the concept, you know, about the literalist, you know, translation of, of the Bible and interpretation. See, I believe that these so-called Christian churches aren't really Christian at all, but they were churches that were started by men after Jesus walked the earth. And you look at the Roman Emperor Constantine and the Council of Nicaea, they basically, the Roman Emperor and a bunch of religious leaders got together and decided what was heresy and what was orthodoxy. And anyone who didn't accept the Nicene Council's decisions were declared heretics, they were persecuted, mm. burned alive. So, you know, I, I don't exactly reject the, the Bible, but I don't. I reject this Protestant church, which claims to be Christianity. Since the what the 1500s, there has been this movement called Protestantism mm-hmm. that started with Martin Luther, when they rejected some of the Catholic doctrine and say, well, we'll pick and choose, and they rejected some of it, but they didn't reject all of it. They didn't reject the Nicene Council's uh, the views of Jesus. They didn't reject the other philosophically, you know, manipulated and politically manipulated views. Well, aren't you, most of these... Hold on, before you go on, do you believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God? No, not... Well, only begotten. See, I don't believe the Nicene councils that they're homoousios. If you Google the word homoousios... I don't know how you even spell that one. It's H-O-M-O-O-U-S-I-O-S, <laughs> or homoousian. It's a Greek word which means one substance, um, that was proposed at the Nicene Council. And that one little word, there was a dispute if Christ was homoousios or homoousios. It's okay. two different words. It just had an I, one difference of one I. If you look this up on the Internet, you'll see a lot of references, because I have researched this before. I'll take your word for it. Um, in the past, you know, I do believe, you know, the truth has been hidden, just like, you know, other truths in this world are just shoved aside and called false. So I believe, you know, like even the Bible says, the way of truth will be hidden because it's discredited. Truth is often discredited as falsehood. It always exists. Truth always exists, but it's usually painted in a negative light. Isn't that the and truth? I, 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 I agree that, with you there. And, regardless uh, political truth, 
religious truth, I believe it's all, truth is always discredited. It's never accepted because it's always looked down upon and frowned on. And, you know, they don't destroy truth, but what they do is try to call it a bad name. Sure. Uh, like anarchy or something like that. As we talk about uh, voluntary interaction on this program, people try to make look us sound Jesus like we're... Day. Look what they... I mean, even if you do believe there's a Christ, look what they painted him, you know, and they called him all the names in the book. See, I don't believe the Roman Empire ever converted to Christianity. I think that's a lie. What they did is they took their pagan myths and mixed them with Christ's teachings. Well, they did that with, there were lots of religions that that was done with in order, and in some cases, just to make it, you know, more palatable for the the pagans. Carl, thanks for the call. Good observations. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. It seems to me that uh, most of these world religions, whether they're here now or in the past, were just a bunch of guys that made arbitrary decisions and then said that they heard them from God. Well, they wanted to control behavior. Yeah. Right. And then they said, well, I'm the only one that can talk to God, so I'm right about this. More coming back. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. And bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line still to come. The latest on the FCC and the Janet Jackson situation. Of course, your calls are primary, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Just start your shopping there. You can buy used items, brand new, over 41 categories to shop in, everything from their huge selection of books to a grocery store, all available at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. I just ordered something this weekend. Did you? Yeah, I did. What was it? Uh, a book called uh, Them. It's, hmm. uh, I, can't, I can't remember the author. I'm not ready prepared. Fiction? To, yeah, it, it's, no, it's, uh, it's nonfiction. It's about uh, the guy who infiltrated the uh, Bohemian Grove with Alex Jones. Oh, really? Alex Why Jones. are you reading about the Bohemian Grove? Um, I believe it's a book called uh, you know, Extremists in Action or something like that. And it's, it, you know, it, it, it's a different take on uh, what oh. was found there. Hmm. Well, you'll have to let us know how that is. Yeah. Because the Bohemian Grove kooks call the show from time to time, so it'll be good to have that, I guess, to combat them with. Yeah, that's, well, I don't know. That's com- combat. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's other information. Okay, fair from enough. a different point of view. All right, let's continue here. I'm not saying, by the way, that weird things don't go on at the Bohemian Grove. I don't really know. I've seen some of the footage, and it seems kind of weird what they do there. And I certainly know that they are uh, power-hungry freaks that meet up at the Bohemian Grove. So it can't be good what's going on at the Bohemian Grove, but I don't care what's going on at the Bohemian Grove. I went Grove. to this organization um, with that they have you know, they, they have a whole bunch of people sitting, uh, sitting around and chanting, and then they take people into this bathtub, and they dip them down Baptist? into the bathtub. Oh, yeah, Baptist. that's what they called themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so people do weird things all the time. Sure, there's, there's all kinds of organizations. They have all kinds of weird rituals. I, it doesn't bother me, you know, what the politicians do in their off time. I don't care if they go bowling or go to the Bohemian Grove or sit at home and watch TV. As long as they want to control other people's lives, that's when I get involved. That's when I get disturbed and I, I get active. And that's what I am working uh, to change. I'm working to, to change that aspect of things. If they want to go and party in the woods with a, you know, with 
sacrificing goats or whatever it is that they do. A giant statue of an owl or something? their business. As long as they aren't trying to control people's lives, which they are. So therefore, we oppose that and uh, we talk about freedom. And hopefully people uh, like that message instead. Let's talk to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. First off, the Maccabees were considered saviors long before Jesus Christ the, came into being. The I've heard the name. Yeah. What are they? They were... Well, they were in the pocket firm where they saved the Jews from the Greeks, and they supposedly had a candle that was staying lit for eight days. That's how we got Hanukkah. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but what that. I called about was in Columbus, Ohio... There's a community in Nacedoke on speeding where they make stops, and this one guy was stopped for speeding on his motorbike, mm-hmm. and the police officer said, oh, he was nice, you know? Huh? He said he was nice? I don't understand. He said the gentleman was nice to him. Okay. While he was giving the ticket out, you mean? Yeah. And what's the point? Uh, what's where, the relevance of that? Yeah, I don't really understand. I just wanted to bring that up. And the, the, the gentleman said the police officer was nice? The police no, officer? the policeman said the gentleman was nice. Yeah, it's why, awfully nice of him as but, he was giving him a ticket. But why yeah. bring that up, Dave? What's what's your point of, of bringing that up? My point is, there, I guess, is traffic stops or something like that. Like, they have the police helicopter flying over and clocking people and doing 20 miles per Hour over in the speed limit. Did the cop give him a ticket when the guy said he was nice? That that he said was yes. nice. Yeah. Huh. They well, even that, showed a picture of it in the paper. Well, people generally believe that the police, you know, the, people that are interacting with the cops, getting tickets from them, are generally as nice as they possibly can <laughs> be. So they can hopefully get a, a you know a smaller ticket because they understand if they say something mean to the cops, the cop could uh, in some way punish them. I don't really know what's newsworthy here, Dave, beyond the fact that there was a you know what it sounds like that a speed happened. trap, uh, a speed trap going on in in Columbus. All right. Thanks I'll for the call. call. All right, thank you, sir. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Sometimes poignant, sometimes confusing. Dave, <laughs> in Ohio. All right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You bring up anything? Hey, you know, speaking of the police, I know I said we're going to talk about the FCC thing, but there is a little bit of news from one locality in America, at the very least, where talking back to the police so you're not nice to the cops. You could get an extra charge. Backsassing? Yeah. According to Wendy McElroy at the History News Network, HNN.us, talk back to a cop and go to jail, at least in Lafayette, Colorado, where it's now a crime to verbally disrespect a so-called authority. An article, the local daily camera, provides background as of Sunday the 13th, and according to a local commentator on the news item, the ordinance has now passed the city council and become law as of uh, last Tuesday. Here's what the ordinance states. It is unlawful for any person to make forceful contact, strike, or to do bodily harm, to attempt to make, to threaten to make, or... Uh, forceful contact. They repeat the forceful contact thing over and over again. So you can't make forceful contact, attempt to make forceful contact, or threaten, or to, make. threaten to make forceful contact. All sounds fine to me. Strike or do bodily harm to either verbally 
or by action, uh, action or gesture to any peace officer in the performance of such officer's official duties or attempt to perform such duties. Profane, abusive, insulting, taunting, or provoking language directed to a police officer or rather peace officer which may reasonably promote a violent response or reaction shall be deemed a violation of this section, whether accompanying the aforesaid actions or not. So... If you are, they don't have. If, if somebody antagonizes a police officer, they don't. Um, they don't have the same uh, strictures upon acting on that uh, that action that we do. You cannot curse at a cop in Lafayette, Lafayette. Colorado. Yeah, uh, it Jeez. does not matter if you're actually attacking the police officer. It's if you're attacking him with your words. As long as the cop... Which, of course, feel, is ludicrous. Words can't do anything to you. Right. And the only real um, specification here is that the cop must feel violent. So if the cop... Uh, it says if, if the reaction shall be... De- excuse me. If, uh, if it may reasonably promote a violent response. So if cursing it, at a cop so, gets the cop all upset and he wants to hurt you... But what then, if you don't curse at him? What if you just use language that, that upsets the cop to the point that he wants to hurt you? Sure, it could be, oh yeah, you're right, it could be insulting. Uh, it could be abusive, provoking, or taunting. It could be anything that the cop says made him upset. Anything that you do or I've say. Called, I've called uh, bureaucrats, I've called them thieves before. Yeah, that could, be, uh, that could be considered abusive. It could be considered insulting. That's nuts. Provoking. And in short, according to Ms. Egg, I don't believe it makes any uh, sense at all to uh, to curse at a police officer. You know, I mean, that- no. But but the cops around here, we actually were on a ride along with one of the police lieutenants here in Keene, and somehow this particular issue came up where he where he was talking about how, you know, his officers have been instructed that if somebody says something to their their face, or maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was Brad Jardis. Anyway, some New Hampshire cop has said to me that they they're trained to take this stuff. Like, you know, you're just supposed to. Smile, move on, and that person. What else jerk, would you whatever. do? I mean, that's that's yeah. what that's what a professional in the uh, course of his business would do. But in Lafayette, things are a little different now. In short, around a cop, you have no freedom of speech, nor do you have any real idea what he might consider provoking language. Apparently, the police in Lafayette are so badly trained that cuss words can provoke them into uncontrollable violence. And since this is the same police force that recently tasered to death a 19-year-old kid accused of growing marijuana, this assessment may be true, which is all the more reason to give them less and not more power over your life, let alone the power to regulate which words may come out of your mouth. On the other extreme, perhaps the cops of Lafayette are so delicate that rude words shatter their fragile psyches. Perhaps the ordinance was inspired by a court incident where a 200-pound cop broke down on the stand and wailed, Your Honor, the defendant was mean to me. Cops already abuse their authority with near impunity. They can literally get away with murder. Now a Lafayette cop can arrest you for uttering words that in the sole opinion of that judge and jury officer are obstructive or provoking. Do you really want to live in a country that gives that authority to men with guns? It's, it sounds crazy to me. I mean, it's, just, it's just crazy. She says on the bright side, and yeah, the situation is so oppressive that I just con- that I consider this to be a glimmer of hope. Maybe Lafayette just wants your money. Maybe they see monitoring your cuss word as a cash cow, and they're actually indifferent to imposing a social contract beyond what's necessary to make you stand still as they pick your pocket. I suspect the ordinance is inspired by a combination of both motives. Moreover, even if it's fiscally motivated, it is sure to be misused by sensitive cops who will gladly crack your ribs for being disrespectful. Now... As we've pointed out before, just because you don't live in Lafayette, 
uh, Colorado doesn't mean you will be immune from this. Governments all around the country are paying close attention to what laws, government people, they pay close attention to what laws uh, they manage to pass and get away with and which ones fail, crash and burn. And, of course, most pass and they get away with them. So they'll be watching and they'll be seeing that they'll get away with charging people money for insulting the cops or offending the police. And you'll see other governments around the country pick up this same law. And it may come to a town near you. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up anything as we launch here in hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website as well at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us as we go right to your phone calls. Bill is on the line in Oklahoma. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ian. Hello, Mark. How are you guys this evening? What's on your mind, Bill? Well, I'm confused, and maybe you, both of you can help okay. unconfuse me. And it has to do with um, the um, concept of what is considered um, uh, uh, fair use in, uh, in media. Okay. A um, perfect example of this is, is, is that I'm referring to, of course, is YouTube and mm-hmm. There was a young lady that uh, innocently recorded her child dancing to a Prince song. Sure. And sh- she thought it was a would be a funny gesture to share it amongst her friends. And yeah, it's a cute a, kid thing, right? Right, yeah. cute, cute, uh, cute kid thing. Um, now we throw DMCA into this into this fiasco, and Universal, who happens to own Prince's music, files a, an injunction to have the video tore down. Wow, that is amazing to me. Was it because it just got too many views that brought that brought it across their attention? I mean, because there's so many clips well, the, on YouTube. Here's, here's where I where I was kind of thinking on this uh, to kind of bring people up to speed. Universal uh, barks at YouTube. YouTube takes it down. She turns around, this mother turns around and says, wait a minute, no, that's my video. I'm not violating any so-called uh, copyrights because it's my vi- video. Put the video back up. And she, sure, she certainly wasn't making money off of it. It's not like right. she was selling it. Well, this is. we're going to get into this in just a second. Okay. And I, I'm going to raise a, uh, an interesting point. They, 
go back and put the video back up. Universal takes it back down, and now she's suing Universal because she feels that uh, she's being unfairly targeted. Hmm. Now, the, 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 the line of, 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 of thought process that I'm, I'm trying to incorporate here is Universal has no, I would think, has no issue with her sharing this video, okay. per se. I'm thinking their main concern is that Google is unfairly profiting from this video, which they are. That has been what uh, Viacom was suggesting with their lawsuit, is that Google is getting all these views on these videos that are so-called illegal. And is therefore... there advertisement on YouTube? I haven't. I, I don't remember any yes, of it. They are toying with a new technology now. Uh, in the Flash Player, they're able to put up relative, uh, relative ads corresponding to whatever the subject of the video happens to be. Hmm. Uh, and they've been doing this for uh, quite some time. And well, before that, they were, they were doing uh, Google AdSense, um, the, the banner ads. They were playing with that. So the question is, are we unfairly making the, the uh, 200-pound gorilla the, uh, unfair scapegoats uh, on this fair use um, uh, claim? Because if you were to take the same video and she puts this thing on her privately funded, private hosted site, no banner ads, no advertisements whatsoever, this same video would be considered fair use. Would it? I don't know. I don't know much about the the copyright laws. I don't claim to know anything. I, I'm assuming I don't... that it would. I'm I'm just speculating. I'm not an attorney either. I'm just speculating that this this would that she would have a better case for a, fa a fair use um, argument versus posting it on a major corporation site. Right. Well, that's, is that a... that is the point that uh, you know really fair use is an argument. It's not a uh, it's, it's not a something that's um, you know clear to anyone exactly what fair use is. It's what you can you know what you can get away with and what somebody will come after you for for it. So basically, fair use is basically an ideology somebody came up with just out of the thin blue sky. It's, it's my there's, my, no, there's no it's my understanding you can I use. I thought a there certain, were very specific specifications. It's my, my understanding you can use a certain amount of seconds per song or something mm -hmm. like that. And you know, I beyond that, I, I couldn't tell you. But to some extent, it's an argument, and it's how much money your lawyers have. Yeah, I don't know. I just find this whole thing absolutely absurd. I mean, this poor lady, she videotaped her kid dancing to a song. Right. It's just amazing to me that uh, Universal is suing over this. Or no, no, she's no, she, no, no, no. They're not suing her. She's suing Universal because. But they pulled down. I'm sorry. They they threatened suit in order to get the video pulled down from YouTube. Right. Right. They they all they did was within their rights um, under the DMCA. Uh, if they feel that their copyrights are being infringed upon, they can request anybody. To take down the video, which yeah. they petitioned, you know, they petitioned YouTube for that. She had nothing to do with that, and I think a lot of it has, uh, is perception. She's perceiving that this uh, this entity is attacking her, um, when in fact she's not even part of the problem, uh, or they're not even concerned with her. They're concerned with with you know Google. That's their main. That's their main. Um, yeah, adversary. Their yeah. argument. Mm -hmm. So. The, the question now, uh, now this sends out a mixed signal. First, you're, you're suing your, your customers. Now, you're not 
even going after your customers who are posting the, the, the videos. Now you're just posting, you're just going after the people that are hosting it. Well, it makes so sense because Google's got the deep pockets. I mean, they know they can't get money out of these uh, little people that are just using their product. Uh, but Google, on the other hand, I mean, they paid a billion dollars or something for YouTube, so they know they could certainly extract some cash. Uh, from them if if they win and of course as you say they aren't actually suing it's the woman that's that's suing universal and you know i wish her the best of luck that's got to be a, a real tough fight yeah I, I i was just i was kind of confused myself because like you know i am i'm all for you know reform in the copyright laws because we all know there it is a flawed system no one even um going to argue that point it's just that I find it kind of odd that that people are not fully understanding um, what's behind copyright, and I guess this all goes back. Who to could after. fully understand it? I mean, it's a lawyer thing. Yeah, and, these lawyers. No, I'm just saying. What, what my argument being is that you know this dates back to Napster. You know, uh, people think that you know they have this you know uh, free if it's on the internet, and it's not just music, and it's not just video. It's everything. I mean, they think that everything out there should be free. Um, it's free knowledge, it's free this, it's free that, and they just consume it and not realize that, you know, they're, that they're unwillingly putting themselves at risk for, you know, lawsuits. Yeah, uh, well, criminal. I guess most people don't care. I mean, and I don't blame them. I mean, why should they care? For the most part, uh, the, uh, the legal situation doesn't affect them. They manage to download these movies and music relatively anonymously and... You know, there's millions of people out there doing it. Safety in numbers, I'm sure they believe that uh, odds are good they won't be targeted. Uh, though certainly they're trying to target as many people as they can, it seems. Uh, but that's all that said, I mean, despite the people they've gone after, there's still a few million people right now downloading pirated movies and, and music. So right, it's not going to stop. I'm not, right. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not switching sides. I'm all for sharing, uh, file sharing myself. It's just I'm kind of confused as to. You know who's actually the enemy here? Is it? I mean, should we be? Should the individuals be concerned, or should we just, you know, now uh, look at this? Uh, this case as being president, uh, presidents that you know we should just not share our our our, our videos, our cre- our own creations on these massive platforms. That's, well, that's where I'm confused. I guess, uh, I don't know, I don't think I have a real good answer for you here. I mean, some people who are really concerned with the law, they pay attention to these sorts of things, and they probably won't engage in in such uh, behavior, and the rest of us who don't give a flip, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. Oh, okay, that sounds like a simple answer to me. I mean, that's how it is, right? That's the way the world is. There are a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, they use drugs, and they know it's illegal, but they don't really care. Uh, a lot of people download uh, these things, and they know it's illegal, but who cares? No big deal. Millions of people are doing it. Are they going to put a mall in jail? It's not possible. I don't... I, 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 pray, I thank you for your call tonight. I don't know where else to, to go with that. I mean, what do you, you know, want to do? You want to educate people about copyright? They still won't care about it. it it's, it, it's a mess. Copyright's a mess. 1-800-259-9231. I don't know anything about copyright, and I don't want to know anything about copyright. Doesn't, I don't care. I know a little bit about it. It's the law. I don't care what it says. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
It's 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site, you find those are free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their website, enjoy live streams, including broadband and dial-up versions, both totally free at freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, sex bots, kill bots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. 800-259-9231 to your phone calls. Michael in New Hampshire on the amp line. Michael. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, good evening, sir. Uh, how was the rest of the hacker conference this weekend? It was it was absolutely uh, wonderful. I, I learned all kinds of different things, and uh, one of them I want to share with you tonight. Okay. Um, if Dan will close this door so I don't get all this noise in here, is um, the talk that was actually Friday morning, but I didn't get a chance to, to call you before. Um, I attended a talk by Robert Steele, who uh, is a former CIA spook turned good guy. Um, who comes to these conferences every every year every year that they're held, and he basically tells all he knows about hmm. the intelligence community, how it works, why it's dysfunctional, uh, why they can't get good at intelligence, even though he's basically told them how they still <laughs> won't do it or can't. Well, it's the government, you know, um, they fail at everything. He was one of the pioneers behind the idea of open source intelligence, which is the simple idea of just gathering information from newspapers, public libraries, websites, that sort of thing. And it took them forever to, to even start on this, and they still haven't gotten it right. But uh, what he said at this conference was that he was never going to realize his goal um, and I'll get to that in a second until he just gave up on government entirely, and that's what he's done. Hmm. And he is setting up something called the Earth Intelligence Network, which uh, I'll try to summarize this. It's kind of a, a very all-encompassing concept of uh, citizen intelligence where ordinary people uh, collect intelligence, whatever it is, whatever is going on, wherever it's going on, and contribute it to an open system where anybody can access that intelligence. Hmm. Kind of like uh, like we've we've come across some websites like whosarat.com where you yeah. can uh you know this again this community of anybody from anywhere can comment on you know who's a snitch and who's an undercover cop and things mm-hmm. like that. But you're talking about something on a much wider uh basis. Yeah, think of crossing whosarat.com with Wikipedia and expanding it by about 100 times and hmm. you'll you'll get the idea. Interesting. And everybody would have intelligence, and I can see that as a as a, a net gain for intelligence communities. However, I can see, you know, they're, they're, they they sort of rely on secrecy and uh, sort of being the uh, exclusivity in their intelligence. So I can also see why they wouldn't want to do that. Well, here, here's the thing, and he was he was at pains to point this out. Uh, the whole point of gathering intelligence is to make better decisions, and if any ordinary citizen can not only collect intelligence but access it. They can make better decisions about their own lives, about politics, about whatever. And ultimately, uh, his vision is that this network, if it takes off and succeeds, would would make government pretty much irrelevant hmm. because people would not need government anymore to make decisions for them. 
it's an interesting idea. I mean, kind of maybe combining in the ideas of uh, kind of a reputation rating system, perhaps as well, where you just you are looking for information on a particular individual, and you can find out things uh, about that individual, and you can find out things about organizations. And really, that's it's. I mean, it sounds like he's bringing together a lot of existing ideas all into uh, rolling them all into one. Yeah, it's 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 a it's an ambitious project and it's a long term project, but it's one that uh, that I'm going to be studying a lot, and I may actually uh, I may actually help to implement parts of it. So uh, to see how it goes here in New Hampshire, because this, this sort of thing could be very useful for uh, for us in the freedom movement who are explicitly working on more freedom rather than uh, having it come about as a side effect. Mm-hmm. I like it. Very cool. Is there a website at this point, or is it just an idea? Um, it's earth-intelligence.org or .net. I can't remember which. Okay, very good. Anything else to share tonight? Uh, not tonight, but Thanks, I'll share Michael. more later. Neat idea. And I think that's what we're seeing. And thank you for the call. I think we're seeing, you know, the beginnings of a transition, that transition that we've all been kind of looking for. I mean, maybe we're in the very initial stages of it at this point, of transitioning from this coercive society that we inhabit today to a voluntary society, a society of totally voluntary interactions based on mutual consent of the parties interacting. And to give you a little bit more evidence of that idea and the fact that it's not just us here in New Hampshire that are going in that direction, it's not just uh, those who've been you know, plugged into the liberty movement uh, for the longest time, other organizations that you wouldn't necessarily think would want to have a more pro-liberty individualist bent are going in that direction. Fully Informed Jury Association. I read from their newsletter. I bought something from their website recently, so I guess I got a year-long subscription to their What'd newsletter. Uh, I bought a Ron Paul uh, Fully Informed Jury Association DVD where oh. he talks about being informed on a jury, and I want to put it on the local cable access channel here. So that was the reason I got that. Good idea. Anyway, uh, here's the letter, and I thought it was really so great that I had to read it on the air. It's from the executive director of the Fully Informed Jury Association. Uh, he or she writes, we'll figure out who in a bit here. Uh, they write, you might be aware of the evolution of FIJA from an organization relying strongly on Supreme Court decisions and founders' quotes toward an organization which places much more emphasis on individual initiative conscience, and individual common sense. Not to negate the prior, but to affirm the latter, we must come to rely less and less on the role of government in rendering justice, and more on the individual. Now, the individual says uh, a few more things that are worth talking about, but I just want to stop there and introduce people to FIJO, the Fully Informed Jury Association, is a, a great organization we've we've always been fans of on yeah. this program that is, uh, you know, it's it's it, it helps bring people to a message that's pretty much unheard of in the court system today. And that is that as a juror, you have the ability to judge the law itself, not just the facts of the case and how they apply, but the law itself. So in theory, if you were on a jury and you were on a jury of somebody who was accused of a drug crime, let's say smoking marijuana, if you, like me, believe that the marijuana laws are absurd or the drug laws are absolutely outrageously bad, then you could just simply say, not guilty, even though you know they caught him red-handed, smoking a joint, walking down the street. There's no doubt 50 witnesses saw him do it. You know The facts in the case show clearly that this guy was smoking marijuana, and the law says that's illegal. So therefore, the judge would tell you that you have to judge you know, based on the facts of the case. What the judge won't tell you is that you can judge the law and say, not guilty. 
guilty because you disagree with the law, because you believe it to be bad. It, it makes sense to me, and, and it was largely used during, as, as I understand it, during the uh, uh, Prohibition period, and to some and extent... slavery as well. Yeah, to some extent with slavery, the, the problem with slavery is it can be used in the opposite direction, too. Well, anyway, uh, people don't know about it, and the Fully Informed Jury Association exists to bring that knowledge to potential jurors. And so it's really interesting to see an organization like FIJA, some an organization that for years has been steeped in the ideas of the state and, as they say, used the Constitution to back themselves up. They're now getting away from that. And they're, they're saying, well, we're not so sure about using the Constitution as a crutch anymore. And we'll continue their uh, letter here in a moment. You can take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site... They're free, so enjoy those on us. And the features include, by the way, the updates. You get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop when there's something fresh that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on that list for free. Again, that's updates.freetalklive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or an old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. You can save 10% on your order by using code FTL at checkout. That's internobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com, and see their banner at freetalklive.com. It is so wonderful to see that there are other people and uh, people and organizations in the liberty movement at large that are coming to the same conclusion that I have and many of the people that I know have. People that have been involved for so many years in politics, for instance, uh, the Libertarian Party, trying to wrest control away of the political system from the, the two major parties that are already in power. Or now what we're seeing happen with the Libertarian Party is the people within the party have been fighting for years over the control of the party itself and the agenda and the... The very the, valuable Libertarian Party, right, the, the, the awfully influential Libertarian Party. The viewpoint of the Libertarian Party. So what we see, uh, we've seen happening is that there's so many different levels of political fighting, it's just a big waste of time. First, you have to fight to get control of the party so it can have the correct message that you want it to have, a true principled pro-liberty message. Then, if you've successfully managed to do that, which they've failed at because now it's been taken over by... Uh, by people that have, uh, again, just infiltrated it from the inside and poisoned its message. But even if you manage to succeed to retake it back, then you still have to go and fight the uh, the political fight against the other parties, which is a, a deck that is completely stacked against you. Right. So to say and that... And don't forget living long enough to see the end of it. Yeah, so to say that... Uh, Poor Harry know, Brown didn't, you know... Exactly. Uh, so to say that you know this political process is somehow worthwhile, the evidence is all against that. And to back yourself up in a conversation by using the Constitution or court decisions, you're standing on real fragile ground because if you use the system to back up your pro-liberty viewpoint, and I know the Constitution, real good document and everything, some good ideas in there, no doubt about that, uh, but if you use that to stand on, somebody else can just say, well, the Supreme Court has interpreted it this way, and they've interpreted differently than you have, and right. your interpretation... You're an idiot. Right, your <laughs> interpretation doesn't matter. The only interpretation that matters is those men, in ro- men and women in robes 
calling themselves the Supreme Court. So, you know, you just can't stand on the Constitution if you want a real solid foundation for your viewpoint. And it's great to see other organizations who are an inherently kind of in-the-system organization. FIJA, Fully Informed Jury Association, they're all about informing jurors of their rights. But it's great to see FIJA coming around to this same conclusion that we can't use the Constitution as our, uh, you know, our, again, our ground to stand on for the points that we're going to make. Let me continue the letter from the executive director that I have here from their newsletter. He says, uh, so FIJA has been evolving, uses the term evolution, which we've been talking about on Free Talk Live. Instead of revolution, we're evolving. Instead of going back to the beginning, yeah. we're moving ahead and advancing to voluntary If he's going to use our ideas, he shouldn't be so blatant and obvious about it. I, I love it. Please steal the ideas. I don't even know if it was my idea. I think I got it from somebody else. Anyway, as I'm sure you can see around you every day, the legitimacy of every branch of the government diminishes daily right before our eyes. Bureaucrats, politicians, and their sycophants have become a society of scofflaws with respect to the intent, the words, the laws, and the covenant that was so very cautiously, considerately, and conscientiously set forth in our Constitution so that this day would never arrive. But it has arrived. We see decreasing legitimacy in our courts. Jurors, those proper masters of the government, including the corrupt court officials, are treated with disrespect, lied to, threatened, and sometimes even jailed or... Uh, excuse me, sometimes even jailed or prosecuted for exercising their conscience. Judges routinely lie to jurors about the legitimate authority of the juror. They no longer tell jurors that each individual human, while serving on a jury, has the absolute authority to determine the correctness of any law, as well as the guilt or innocence of the defendant. Therefore, we can no longer expect any reliance by the courts on those laws which were earlier enforced in this nation. We can no longer expect that those who stand before us as authorities on the law have even the least understanding of the law. How much less can we count on how much less can we count on for a sense of justice? How much less can we count on the for, I think they left out an M in them, maybe? How much less can we count on them for a sense of justice, fairness, equity, or protection? Anyway, as we watch the decline of government, let us remember that we, the people, are not the government any longer. The government is no longer a representative. Nor I don't believe that we, the people, have been, a gov- been the government for very long. It just, you know, well, they're acting like they just came to this conclusion. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Everybody comes here at some point. Anyway, uh, the government's no longer a representative, nor yet a protector of the people who formed it. It is debased and depraved. Yet for as long as these courts continue to exist and pretend at justice, some juries will still be formed. So we must educate these jurors. We must, inf- uh, we must inform all these jurors, and potentially, that is, most of us, of our individual authority, rights, and opportunity when serving as a juror. When the jurors know their power and their individual human rights, then all the laws, previous court decisions, and even virtually all the, wor- the words taught or preached to those jurors will be a weak echo compared to the songs of reasoning, logic, common sense, compassion, and ethical consideration, which we call thinking. Informed jurors can consult their own minds, think about all the facts of the case, such as whether or not the person on trial has harmed any actual other human being. They can think about whether or not this law breaks a law of the common law or the natural law or their personal set of ethics or the Constitution. They can forget all the recent statutes, many of those laws being simply signs of the increasing frenzy of a government which is quickly losing all control. Because people are beginning to think. And when they think, they realize that there's no reason to punish or lock up anyone who has only ticked off some government fee collector or slaver. But 
I repeat myself. <laughs> Thus informed, the verdicts of these informed jurors throughout our country's story, both in the past and as shall continue today and forward as and for, and forward for as long as there are juries, one juror being enough to hand a jury. There's a significant shift for hang a jury. Yeah, I guess they said hand. I thought it was hang, but anyway, maybe it wasn't edited too well. This is a significant shift for Fija in its message that we now work harder to inspire, challenge, and motivate individuals who are serving as jurors to do more independent thinking and reasoning, to have more courage, to quietly follow their own sense of justice, and to rely less and less on anything any government representative may tell them. While Fija has long stood with the concept of individual human initiative as well as with civil disobedience of a peaceful nature, these last few years have convinced me, against the executive director, that we must do more to ignore the pretended authority that government officials think they have over our lives, our bodies, our minds, and our creativity. Let me read. That's a great line. We must do more to ignore the pretended authority that government officials think they have over our lives, our bodies, our minds, and our creativity. It's such a powerful uh, thought. It is, because really. Because if more people did just that, and that is ignore the state and non-cooperate, it would all come crumbling down. Well, they're hard to ignore, but I mean, I, I suppose you, one can make an effort to, to go in that direction. It, it all depends... All of it, the government structure, depends on their perception of legitimacy. And if more and more people start to feel the way that we do, that it's totally illegitimate and nothing more than a gang of thugs, then things are really going to shift. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to ignore the, um, you know, their legitimacy. I would be willing to use their s- system against. I'll take anything I can to get more liberty. It's a great point. I'm not saying uh, that you should necessarily ignore them because what we found is is pretty interesting is when they contact you to contact them back and ask a bunch of questions, they don't like that very much. I bet they don't. And then it actually publishing their non-response or how it is that they respond to those questions and and that attention uh, just brings more people to the understanding that they don't have legitimacy. And the whole thing, the whole government court system is really just a sham Anyways, he says, as we approach Jury Rights Day, I hope each of you reading this has planned, the very least, to share literature at a nearby court location, and if possible, that you're writing letters to your local or national newspapers, being interviewed or arranging for interviews, putting up a few posters at local coffee shops or restaurants, with permission, of course, and generally spreading the word far and wide. And you can go to Fija.org, F-I-J-A, the Fully Informed Jury Association, Fija.org, to get some of those flyers and to get some of that information and get info for yourself on what this is all about and Get out there and share it with people. I know that uh, that's going to be starting up here in our very own Keene, New Hampshire, pretty soon. Some Fija outreach and uh, more. Good stuff. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. The Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then you can promote us by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the variety of different ways that we have, all of them pretty simple, and most all of them are totally free, to help promote Free Talk Live. Go to promote.freetalklive.com and learn all about that, and you'll also learn about voting. You need to vote for the show. If you haven't done it yet this month, it makes a big difference for us if you do, so please go to vote.freetalklive.com and cast your vote. It'll only take you a few moments, maybe less than a minute, You just need an email address, and it's an only once-a-month thing. So if you haven't done it yet in the month of July, go to vote.freetalklive.com. 
your votes help propel us up the charts at podcastalley.com. I believe we're still the number one uh, show at Podcast Alley, but we need to continue to solidify our lead. So we still need your votes all the way through the end of the month. So uh, if you're in front of a computer now or will be later, vote.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Told you we'd give you an update on an old, old story. The FCC. Remember when uh, there was the nipple slip, the Janet Jackson nipple slip? Yeah, yeah, just, it, 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 you know, it was a slip, you know, her little pierced nipple showing up uh, as, uh, who was it that ripped it off? The, Justin uh, Timberlake. Like the guy who did the uh, SBs last night? The what? Uh, the, I'm sorry, the ESPN Awards. I, I imagine you have oh. no idea. Yeah. Sports. Yeah, sports. Gotcha. Anyway, the Associated Press reports that a federal appeals court on Monday threw out a $550,000 indecency fine against CBS Corporation for the 2004 Super Bowl halftime show that ended with Janet Jackson's breast-bearing wardrobe malfunction. So the three-judge panel of the third U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that the, Fe- uh, the Federal Communications Commission acted arbitrarily and capriciously in issuing the fine for the fleeting image of nudity. So... From time to time, these government courts will make a correct decision. Uh, it's, but it's it's likely not over. I mean, you know, they can still they uh, could appeal appeal it to the Supreme Court. It's the Circuit Court, right? The, it's true. The, yeah. Third Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, the ninety million people Hard to say what will happen. Watching. I know the, where, what Scalia will vote on. Huh? The ninety million people watching the Super Bowl, many of them children, heard Justin Timberlake sing "Gonna Have You Naked" by the end of this song as he reached for Jackson's bustier. The court found that the FCC deviated from its nearly 30-year practice of finding indecent broadcast programming only when it was, quote, so pervasive as to amount to shock treatment for the audience, unquote. Like any agency, the FCC may change its policies without judicial second-guessing, said the court, but it cannot change a well-established course of action without supplying notice of and a reasoned explanation for its policy departure. So basically they're saying that, well, the FCC has been doing a a certain thing for 30 years, and then all of a sudden they completely changed up what they were doing. But how did they really change? I mean, you know, they gave fines for what they considered indecency up to that point, didn't they? I don't know anything about uh, Janet Jackson. I, I guess, you know, when, I, when you think about it, prior to Janet Jackson, Howard Stern was on the air and, you know, the, things were getting progressively naughtier and naughtier, mm-hmm. um, you know, on the air. And then the sort of the Janet Jackson thing happened. And, and I remember when the show was, you sort of pulled the show off the air at that point because we were doing sort of a bit more of a naughty show. Isn't that, um, you know, I guess. You? I, I mean, I was kind of, I, I, I was a little flipped out about it, I yeah. guess, at the, at the time. And so, yeah, and then I guess Howard Stern moved over to Satellite, and so things certainly did change as a result of the FCC going after CBS. But now, four years later, the court is saying, well, it looks like the FCC went a little overboard here. They normally only require, uh, again, if it's so pervasive, they'll only... uh, find someone if it's pervasive as to amount to shock treatment for the audience in that you know they were intending to do something and offend people whereas if this was an accident then it wasn't something that they intended to do and it wasn't like they were bearing she wasn't like she was bearing her breasts for all to see she covered them covered them up after you know it happened and mistakes happen people get on the air here on this show and they you know they say naughty words and i don't consider that a mistake i'm really sorry i think that that was entirely planned that's you know my my opinion on the subject i i certainly don't know but it doesn't you know one one can't prove one way or the other but it seems to me that it was just largely planned well, anyway, the uh, Third Circuit judges 
said they also ruled that the FCC deviated from its long-held approach of applying identical standards to words and images when reviewing complaints of indecency. The commission's determination that CBS broadcasts of a nine-sixteenths of a second glimpse of a bare female breast was actionably indecent evidenced the agency's departure from its prior policies, said the court. It orders Its orders constitute constituted the announcement of a policy change that fleeting images would no longer be excluded from the scope of actionable indecency. I mean, it would be the, essentially, you know, if you're out on a, a news report, if you're a news reporter out on the scene live mm-hmm. broadcasting to your local station and some jackball decides to streak behind your reporter, uh, I mean, as long as the cameraman doesn't zoom in on his genitals, <laughs> it, you know, they should be okay. Well, I, I agree with you that... Uh the, the, that the, the the news or agency or the t- station um, the licensee that has the uh, that that carries that news or anything like that they shouldn't be held responsible. I don't feel like CBS should have been held responsible. However, CBS was the only organization the FCC could hold responsible because they couldn't go after Justin Timberlake and mm-hmm. Janet Jackson, who I believe um, and it seems obvious to me obviously conspired to bear Janet Jackson's breast on on uh, national television in 2006. I think it was great for both of their careers, and I think it was... Was it? I don't know. Well, Justin Timberlake uh, was a uh, host of the ESPYs, and I mean, okay. he's, he's largely a talentless hack, as far as I can tell. <laughs> and Then again, who am I? I'm a talentless hack, too. Exactly. That's why you're on the radio. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know that uh, those people can't be held responsible. If anyone should be held responsible, and I don't feel that... No, I, I don't know. Should have had. The FCC, of course, should be completely gone. I don't know. Uh, but, I, I don't know on this on this particular subject. When when I talk about uh, nudity and those kind of things, I don't think that this would have happened in a uh, an arena where um, you're talking about uh, you know things would be unregulated by a government agency. I think that people should self or companies should self regulate, and they do for the most part. And I I really do feel like Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson uh, you know took advantage of the American population. They tried to shock people. They tried to uh, bolster their careers on the backs of CBS's license, and I think that's crappy. Okay, well, that's an internal issue, and they can deal with that and tell Justin they're not going to hire him again or something. Yeah, they could never hire him again. Right. So, in a statement, but, CBS... But, I mean, you know, there's lots of other people that would, that would hire him, and I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that there... I, I feel like there should be some kind of uh, punishment, some, some kind of reciprocity to both of them um, from, you know, CBS. CBS is the one that took the hit here. You're saying they should pay CBS? Yeah. I do. But there was no damage done. G- CBS has, oh, yes, there is. The FCC damaged, has damaged the heck out of CBS with their lawyer's fees. Okay, I see where you're coming from. And what about the there. American people that expected, largely, we get um, you know, a very wholesome entertainment on the Super Bowl, the, the day of the Super Bowl. You don't see, you don't expect uh, all your, your kids to be you know, shown a boob, and some people are offended by boobs even. Mm-hmm. Ian, you may like it, and you may, or you may dislike it, but some people it's just are... a boob. Right. I, I know how you feel about it. Right. However, step out of your paradigm for a second and look at the paradigm of somebody who's offended by a boob. Sure, some Victorian shouldn't, Puritan. Shouldn't yeah. those people, that Victorian Puritan whom, with whom you disagree, but you want them to have their freedom, shouldn't they have the freedom to be able to you know, not expose their family to those kind of things? They can always never watch TV. Right. Well, that's a really crappy attitude. Um, the well, their Super attitude's Bowl, crappy. The Super Bowl has been for 40 Games, 40 games, that seems like precedent to me, a pretty wholesome bit of entertainment. You don't see boobs all over the place. Well, I don't know what's wholesome about men crushing one another on a you know a sports field. That seems like it's pretty violent entertainment. Uh, games, games are part of human, human interaction. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be anything today 
if you hadn't played games to get here. Your mama played games with you what to get you, you to walk and talk. I mean, do, what do you define as wholesome? Sometimes I, you can I call see the coaches wholesome. and the players on the field uh, mouthing uh, the F-bomb and things like that. Is, that. is that okay? Is that considered wholesome? You know, I think that when men get together um, and play sports, you're going to hear some F-bombs. What about when a man slaps another man on the butt? I that like happens it. during football games. Yeah, I like it. I think Some people can be very offended by that. Yeah, well, they, sh- they, they shouldn't watch football. That's what I'm but saying. But it happens every damn game. If you don't You're failing in your point because slapping people on the butt happens every game, whereas Janet Jackson or anybody bearing their boob does not happen there every game. There could very well be a woman in the stands who will flash her breasts on camera. There could be that, so that could happen anytime, any game. But um, you're, you're watching a live event; it is subject to anything happening. It could be somebody runs and streaks across the field. It could be some chick lifts off her top when she sees herself on the little, or not little, but the fifty foot screen or whatever. She sees herself on camera. Woo! Lift them up, show them off. They could, but uh, generally, yeah. the, the they're going to catch that because there's somebody. You know, they don't even stay on that girl the seven seconds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I see where you're coming from, Mark, but look, if you're going to watch live programming, there's a chance that something unexpected, something you might disagree with, could happen. And that's something you need to understand. And if that bothers you, then don't have television. Have it, or you can have a TV set. Get yourself a little DVD player and go and rent, uh, you know, Veggie Tales or something like that, and show your your kids that kind of crap. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Anyway, good. A little bit of good news for freedom of speech. This the little bit that we have left in this country, at least for now. Of course, as you say, the FCC could appeal this. More coming up. You can bring up anything. Our three is on the way. Oh, the email about Abe Lincoln. We never got to that this week. And oh, we'll we get that next. That, yeah. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching in hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features, they're totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Right to your phone calls we go to Kenneth in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you learn something new every time you sit through a commercial break. And, okay. uh, uh, I shudder to think what you might have learned. Yeah, I just found out that there's some other program that's the first controversial program on the Genesis Communication Network. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, you know, people are going, people are going to make all kinds of claims, like most, and you know, you know, those kind of superlative claims. In I can make a claim. To I... Listen to Free Talk Live and. and figure out whether he still thinks so. <laughs> I, I, I can make a claim about uh, about our network and Free Talk Live. I can say that Free Talk Live is now on more affiliates than any other show on the Genesis Communications Network. What about, oh, are you sure? What about the car repair one on We're, the weekend? We, uh, well, Bobby Likas? Yeah. Well, he's on You'll several networks. So as far as how many affiliates he has on Genesis... We've got more than him. I see. He's on a bunch of networks, though, so probably total. Why would he, he be on several networks? Why not just be on one? I mean, and let them um, wider distribution. That's all. The radio stations have different receivers sitting in their racks, and so oh, so he doesn't want to do like we do and provide them with a receiver. 
Um, if I they, don't if know. I can't put words into his mouth. I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, so there's a claim for you. And what were you calling about tonight? Kenneth? Well, you know, there's a lot of uh, controversy between the minarchists and the uh, uh, free marketeers or whatever you want to call them. And a lot of the times they disagree so much they don't realize how much they agree. And uh, one of the things that I would that I would do uh, to address the situation is to suggest that we uh, change the Bill of Rights and the amendments. I think we need a much shorter Bill of Rights, and we need to get rid of all the amendments. Well, that's uh, a nice idea, but how are you going to accomplish that? Well, let, let me tell you. All you have to do is start at the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law. Oh, Right there. Congress <laughs> shall make no law. That's all we need. <laughs> and that does it for That's the cute. federal government. <laughs> yes, I like that. Although I don't think you're ever going to see it happen at the federal all level. Right. I think we'd be much more successful just declaring our own independence and no longer cooperating with the state. But it might be a good, a good way to sort of describe to the minarchists what you mean, you know, by... <laughs> by how much government you want. We want that much government. I'm with you, man. Anything else on your mind tonight, Ken? No, that's good. Thanks for the call, dude. We appreciate <laughs> it. By the way, I'm being informed that Bobby Lycus is no longer affiliated with the Genesis Communications. Oh. Since we mentioned his show, we might well, as well... Well, then we don't like him anymore. We might as well get our... I never met the guy. I don't know anything about him. Yeah, well, he's not on GCN, so I don't like him anymore. All right, 800-259-9231 is the number for you. We go to nobody. You can go to your email actually, from Brett. He says, hey, I'm Brett, and I'm from Hawaii. I'm currently a college student and recently began listening to Free Talk Live at the recommendation of a brother in my fraternity. How about that, Mark? Frat brothers are passing around Free Talk Live instead of beers. Well, maybe both. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Uh, you've made no dis- no secret. You've made no secret of your dislike for Abraham Lincoln, and I was wondering what it is that you don't like about him. I've attended public schools from K to 12, and I've been taught that Lincoln was an amazing guy, the greatest president, freed the slaves, etc., etc. Therefore, I'm wondering what you don't like about him, and what books or materials there are to read about what made Abraham Lincoln a bad man and a bad president. I can say well, that it's Thomas D. Lorenzo, I believe, who writes books about uh, Lincoln. That, Lincoln Unmasked and, and that sort of thing. I, I haven't read any of those, and I probably should. I've heard uh, nothing but good things about yeah, I, I probably should add those to my list, and I, I don't know that necessarily uh, attacking Lincoln is, uh, you know, from a, uh, you know, a person-to-person sort of convincing people about liberty is the right way to go. Um, many people love Abraham Lincoln, but on a show where you do sort of bombastic things, I think that it's okay. Um, well, first off, Abraham Lincoln uh, was responsible for, he declared war on the South. Um, so probably more than the South was, he was responsible for the war uh, between the states or the war of northern aggression or whatever you want to call it, uh, the American Civil War, whatever. He was more responsible for it than anyone else. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't other organizations that are responsible for it. If the South hadn't fired on Fort Sumter, which was at that time in what they considered to be their own sovereign country, a um, you know a base that wasn't allowed to be there, and I don't know what kind of uh, you know uh, warning they gave uh, the folks of Fort Sumter. Mm. You know, if they would have run up their white flag, I'm sure they would have let let them leave. Well, we know that the winners write the history, so who knows what the true story was? Right, there. and I don't know whether they sent some letters to say, ah, oh, you guys should pack up and ship out and give them. 
my uh, timeline or anything mm-hmm. like that. But Abraham, you have 30 days to respond to this. Otherwise, we will destroy you. More Americans died in that war than any other war. Um, the battle, the, the, the individual battles like Antietam and uh, Gettysburg in the Civil War were the, the sites of more American deaths than any other time and place in history. The, the the war between the states was the most awful thing that has ever happened in the United States, and Abraham so Lincoln, unnecessary. more than anyone, was responsible for it. Yes, Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves, but my question to you is this. Was the war between the states really about Abraham Lincoln freeing slaves? Because he no. didn't do it until two years after uh, the uh, the war had started. I mean, if it was really about that, he should have freed the slaves, and then the war would have started, right? Mm. But it didn't happen that way. Or when they, the South left, he, he should have said um, that, you know, the slaves are free now. But he didn't do that. What he said was the most important thing was it preserving the Union. And he would have allowed the southern states to come back. He sa- So he said, quotes, that he would allow them to come back if they wanted to keep slavery. Now, likely the, the, the argument would have continued, and I think that the, the institution of slavery is disgusting. And, but every other country on earth at that time had gotten rid of it. On their own, without right. a war. And, by the way, the, um, when, when people use uh, utilitarian arguments for the preservation of government, here's a really good one for the, uh, the stance of principle, is the, uh, the, the, the people in the states, uh, the southern states said, well, our economy would, would topple if it wasn't for uh, cotton. And who's going to pick the cotton if it isn't for the blacks? Absolutely, positively, we must have slavery. Otherwise, it'll all come apart, our whole system. And it didn't. You know, it, it came apart because um, to, to some extent they were just, you know, their, <laughs> their crops were destroyed. People didn't work for four years because they were busy fighting and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't have. If they would have just stopped having slavery... It wouldn't have come apart. They would have figured something out. It's true. And it's not as though that without the war, if let's say the Civil War didn't happen, it's not to to say that the case would be that slavery would just end overnight. It would probably be a process of people coming in there and, and realizing that they could get better workers this is this was the process in many places, from what I understand, where the 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 marketplace understood that by paying and paying more, they get the their hand pick of the best workers, uh, and so that's you know how the sort of the competition began uh, between workplaces to keep improving the workplace, uh, so the best workers would be attracted to you, and eventually you'd essentially either free all the slaves by buying them out, or you know this competition would just make it go away. It wouldn't be overnight, but it'd be a natural process. I would. Think. Yeah, I, I don't know that the uh, the marketplace and labor was as uh, what, good or um, evolved. It certainly wasn't as good or evolved as it is today, and I don't know how much people but it was, could move between jobs and look for better conditions and that kind of stuff, but some of them did, no right. doubt. Um, and that would have been the natural situation that right. would have ended slavery on its own. You know, I've, I've heard that – I've heard arguments that there were um, unfair taxes on the southern states, and that's why they seceded. And I, I, I think that that's obscuring some stuff. Largely, the southern states seceded because they saw the uh, the writing on the wall, which was that they were there were going to be laws passed that made slavery illegal. And they did not want that to happen. You think that was the number one reason? I really do. I thought it was the uh, the fact that they were being taxed when the north wasn't. There, well, they were an agricultural community as opposed to – it wasn't just drawn along lines. There were unfair – some unfair taxes on agriculture, some un, uh, on agriculture, some unfair taxes on cotton itself um, that didn't – you know, the, the north was more industrialized and the south was more agrarian. But 
you know, you can you can argue these things back and forth. I think the best thing to do is to secede the point of sl- slavery. Concede. Concede. Yeah, you're right. Concede the point of slavery and say that, uh, you know, that they they left because of that reason. It's it's not a good reason. Um, You know, they they sort of changed their their tune after the Civil War was over and said it was about states rights. But they didn't really say that beforehand. Not as much. Two, five, nine, ninety two, thirty one. By the way, another term I think you might have gotten wrong was bombastic earlier. Uh, Maybe you meant iconoclastic. Bombastic is being like loud and and, uh, pretentious, inflated, grandiloquent. We're more iconoclastic. Show. I, I think we're we destroy somewhat pretentious. Somewhat, uh, <laughs> Maybe <laughs> you are. More coming up. You take control. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number and bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on our site are free, including the wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com, W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com, and get interactive for free. Travel less, meet online, try WebEx free. Go to WebEx.com, enter promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx, enter code 600 to 600 and start your free trial today. You can also get a uh, free webcam. 800-259-9231, your calls. We go to uh, go to them. Ryan in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey guys, uh, y'all were talking about uh, Abe Lincoln and Mark. For some reason, you said that um, he didn't free slaves until after the war started. That's only half right. About two years after the war started, that was the Emancipation Proclamation. Abe Lincoln didn't free a slave in his life. Okay. What do you mean by that? Emancipation Proclamation. You're right. You're right. Specifically, freed all slaves in areas he had no control you're right, over. You're right, you're right. complete they, political move. The, right, the, the, the Emancipation Proclamation did not free the slaves in the four states that still had slavery that were in the United States after the um, the secession of, uh, the, the, you know, the Confederacy. So so he was declaring that he still controlled the Confederacy. With well, that, yeah. No, basically? it also didn't free any slaves in any uh, Confederate territory that was under Union control. It specifically only... The land I have no control over whatsoever are ah. the slaves freed in. So if you had a slave and you were in Lincoln's territory, that slave was not free at that moment? Absolutely not. And if, and if it was in territory that uh, he had no control over, of course it wasn't free either. Well, there were some other uh, interesting factors about Lincoln beyond that. I'm glad you pointed that out, and thank you for that clarification. There was also the factor that he was uh, a real uh, – he was a censor. Like when he was cracking down during the war, he would he was arresting uh, he people that brought, were printers. He also brought back the, the draft, um, and they had fiat currency was brought back for that. I mean, he's just just whatever it took, he would have destroyed the nation in order to bring back the South. It was a bad, and, bad and man. came close. Any other thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, well, he was the first of only two presidents thus far to suspend habeas corpus for more than you know a day or two. Uh, the second one, of course, being Bush. Interesting. Very good, sir. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate and, it. And uh, Lincoln literally did it, uh, you know, literally, literally and clearly did it within the United States. The, this whole habeas corpus suspension, it is suspended inside the United States, but it doesn't look entirely like it is, you know, to, to the public at large. 
Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Vince in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Vince in Indiana. Hello, Mark. Mark and Ian, how are you doing? Just great, Vince. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I'm hoping one year I can move up there to New Hampshire. <laughs> you guys have beautiful weather. Right? Yeah, tell me about it. It was uh, 77 in the middle of the summer today. It was just lovely out. Was... Oh, it's just gorgeous. But let me tell you something. I just want to make a general comment and see what you guys think. But okay, okay. I've read some of the stuff from Freedom Fast out in Las Vegas. That day over July 4th. Well, I'm familiar with Freedom Fest. I've never been to it, uh, but from what I understand, it's uh, it's a nice little, or I guess somewhat large event that attracts liberty-oriented people from uh, from around the country and around the world. Oh, yeah, it's very good. I've been to it. And, but there's a gentleman named James Boulevard, and he writes consistently about how the Bush administration, like no other previous administration, but he says other previous administrations have been committed to Getting rid of your freedom to the trial by jury. And he, he talks about a long list of litany of things from civil lawsuits and criminal, you know, you know, criminal, uh, proceedings. Well, it makes it a lot easier for them. I mean, if they can just throw you into a star chamber where some unaccountable uh, judge makes a decision about your, you know, where you end up, uh, whether you end up in a jail cell or dead or free, then they don't have to go through the whole process of uh, bringing in regular folk and educating them to the system and spending all that time and effort. And they can just wave their magic wand without the jury. So certainly it's something that, that all status are, you know, they agitate for and they want to move toward and certainly the uh, the evidence has been there to, to back that up. I know Bovard is, is uh, putting out articles about that. In fact, we've read a few James Bovard articles on this program in the past. So uh, I thank you for the recommendation, Vince, and thank you for the call as always. 800-259-9231 is the number. We talked to Pete in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Pete. Uh, yes. Uh, I was uh, wanted to talk about uh, free market health care. Please, go ahead. Um. I have a situation. I, I talk to my dad uh, quite often about uh, political things, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the big issues that comes up is uh, health care because that's one of his important issues. He's kind of a uh, one-issue voter. Uh, hate to say that. He's not it does happen. Totally. Yeah, he's you know kind of – anyway, it's very important to him because uh, him and the – he and my mom, they live by themselves. They, they're pretty well off. They pay about uh, 850 a month in health insurance. Okay. And wow. she has, my mom has uh, pre-existing conditions now. She's got uh, rheumatoid arthritis and macular degeneration, which is an eye condition. Yeah. And uh, she could go blind in the next 10 years, possibly. Uh, they try to treat it, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, he's afraid he could get dropped by his health insurance any day. In which case, you know, and I always talk to him and I, you know, advocate on a free market health care and tell him, you know, uh, if we didn't have these mandates in uh, North Carolina, you could buy uh, health insurance from any state, you know, and, and you didn't have to carry all these extra mandates like substance abuse and all this other coverages. Mm. And your premiums could go down quite a bit. And, uh, you know, if we had uh, more of a free market in drugs, the drugs would come way down because the drugs are one of the big issues. He's uh, 
my mom uses uh, drugs. They run uh, for her uh, arthritis, and they run uh, about twelve, fifteen hundred dollars a month. My gosh! Yes, and uh, I can see why your dad's a one-issue voter on this. I was, I was, I'm sorry? I was saying I can see why your dad's a one-issue voter on this. He spends two grand yeah. a month and, um, on the he's issue. Not, the, the, the insurance company pays that. Okay. Uh, okay. And he's not paying nearly that much uh, just for the premiums. Okay. But, uh, just the drugs themselves are well over $1,000 a month. Hmm. So he's concerned and, they're going to get tired him, of you it. Know, the drugs could come way down in price if they didn't have uh, patents on them protected so by the government. Yep. You know, you could get uh, generic uh, versions of these drugs. And exactly. the prices would come way down. It'd be more of a free market competition. Sure, and the if drugs. there was more of a free marketplace, there could be more insurers in the marketplace offering, as you said earlier, a variety right. of, of options, much more customizable uh, than they are in today's reg- heavily regulated marketplace. What I'm trying to do is convince him. And he's, uh, he's scared he could get dropped any minute, in which case uh, he has to go find another insurer, and he's afraid that he will never... No one will will, uh, carry him. Well, let's bring you back here in a moment. Discuss it. Hang on. 800-259-9231. More with Pete. Also, your call's coming up here. John and Jeff. Ladies, you come first if you dial in at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Is it possible to convince... Pete's dad about uh, the free market and how it could actually benefit him and his wife. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Is that site and all the features on it we give away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free, so enjoy it, including an entire year's worth of Free Talk Live archived right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Totally free at once again, freetalklive.com. What if a socialist became president of the United States of America? President Barack Obama? John McCain? The North American Union? Unconstitutional gun and drug laws? A national ID card? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? Free State Project participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org and get signed up, if you love liberty, that is, freestateproject.org. As we go back to Pete in North Carolina, Pete, whose uh, mother and father both uh, getting up in their years, they happen to be relatively, uh, I guess, well off, which is good because at this point they are paying through the nose uh, to the insurance system in order to get uh, certain medications and, and things like that uh, that, they, that they need to, to take care of themselves. And you've had conversations with them, Pete, about the free marketplace and how it can really improve health care. And you're saying that uh, Dad's just not buying it, right? Well, he's uh, he's he's kind of convinced that you know he would like to see uh, government step in and and uh, force everyone to carry health insurance. That way, he knows that if he gets dropped, someone has to pick him up because he's afraid he won't get insured. 
I I understand you know his his concerns and it, it the easiest answer for everything out there is let's force somebody to take care of it. Um, you yeah. Know, if you want your lawn mowed, it'd be really great, really easy to go next door, put a gun to your neighbor's head, and make him mow the la- damn your damn lawn, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have to pay him or anything. You just he'd just have to mow the lawn, or he'd die. Right, or you can shoot him. But, you know, we have laws in place that don't allow you to do that. However, when you get the government, who has a monopoly privilege on force, you can pretty much have the government stick guns in people's faces, which say, look, if you want to be in the insurance business and, uh, you know, part of our whole fixed insurance monopoly system that we have here, it's not exactly a monopoly, but our fixed insurance system that only only some insurance companies can give insurance, then you're going to have to do as we say. And... Essentially, the, it gives the companies the, the option of doing it by the government's rules or getting out of business. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a tough scenario for your dad, I, I must say. Yes, I think that a free market in medicine would uh, bring costs of medical care and medicine itself down. And that would make things a lot more affordable for your dad and a lot more affordable for your mom. Yeah. Um. You know that those uh, those that's a huge issue there. And you've have you discussed that with him? I mean, you talked about it with yeah, us, he, but he has. You've covered that yes, with him. Yeah. And I've I've uh, dealt with it with him a few times, but uh, you know he's convinced that nothing's going to change. I mean, we could talk about free market health care, but you know what, what's the likelihood of government completely getting out of it? No, it's not likely. He's right. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly right about that. Yeah, it's not likely at all. So, so he he's saying probably... in the real world, okay, that's nice, son. Your free market ideas are real nice, but in the real world, I need to lobby to use the government force to benefit me. That's basically his yeah, position. Yeah, basically, he needs. He's he's worried. He he wants to have coverage, and us, you know, and uh, you know, because he's afraid he could get dropped. They could just drop him, you know, and uh, in which case. Someone else will not pick him up. How does he right, feel about state-run? How, how does he I'm feel about how does he feel about a totally socialist health care system? Uh, you know, he's not convinced by it. You know, because I give him horror stories about it. You know, mm-hmm. about you know what we hear about Canada and Europe and uh, things like that. You know, the waiting list and all that stuff. And he knows there are some issues with that. And uh, so he's not convinced by it. But I don't think he would be totally displeased. With a socialistic, I mean, if they came in and uh, you know completely socialized the healthcare industry, I don't think he'd uh, throw a huge fit. I think you know he he may feel like, well, at least I know I'm being covered now. You know, whereas, I really don't know what do you. I mean, what do you say to this? Well, Mark? I, I, here's yeah, what here's what you say. That's my issue. That's why I'm calling you guys. I'm hoping you guys can help me out. Here's the long and the I'm short a, of it. Uh, I wanted to mention, I'm sorry, I'm a uh, long-time listener. I'm, I'm a podcaster. This is my first time calling. Oh, and I, I said, you know, this is an opportunity for Mark and Ian to get involved, see what they say. <laughs> it, well, you know, you, you, you've run up against a tough issue, and, um, but I, I, here's basically what you can say. The free market is going to free up uh, money in the healthcare industry and your healthcare money, to some extent, is going to make some things cheaper. It's going to free up money in your area of taxes. That's but by that make- time, he's dead. I mean, how old are your parents? Uh, they're in their late fifties. Oh, okay. That's no, not that old. In a free- yeah, they're, they're not. They're not extremely old. They were very young when they, uh, you know, started having a. Family. In a world where we had a free, mar- we actually had a free market in healthcare, likely we'd have a freer market everywhere. So I'm, sure. I'm, I'm only trying to argue for free markets. I can't really argue just a free market in healthcare in this particular instance. Yeah. Because I'm going to get my head handed to me if you tell an insurance company. Basically, you know, if you go to an insurance company and say, "Look, I need insurance coverage for cancer. I've got cancer, and I need to have insurance coverage so that you'll pay my bills." 
you're going to have a really hell of a time getting the insurance company to give you of some course. nice cheap coverage because you've got cancer and you want to be covered for cancer. You know, there's right, there's right. there's not an easy um, answer to that. Well, that's a situation where a charity should really be stepping in. I mean, because well, insurance these are people is that all make about good provi- money, though. What, the insurance company? No. His parents. Oh, right, right. So they're not going to be really, you know, maybe they their church. The two grand? I mean, they'd, they'd, have a, they'd have a tough time trying to convince a charity that they need uh, help. That, I mean, as certain, certainly there would be other people that would be more needy than they. Pete, than could, they there, uh, could they afford the two grand? You said it's costing them about two grand a month for the pill, or it would cost two grand a month, but the insurance company is covering it, and they're paying 800 a month to the insurance company. Could they afford uh, the 2000 a month if their insurance company uh, went, went away? They could afford it. Okay. Yeah, well, then, they, yeah, they, they don't, definitely they don't need charity it. then. They, they, they didn't have insurance, but, you know, then uh, what would happen if, you know, my mom's condition worsened and she needed some extended stays in the hospital and Well, the again, charity wings, be, every know. hospital. Here's another aspect maybe we could talk about, the, uh, the charity aspect of the free marketplace. Because people would have their money all in their pocket and they wouldn't have the government taking out a significant percentage, more people would have more money with which to give to charities. And already in today's heavily regulated world, hospitals have what they call the charity wing, uh, where charity cases that, you know, they just can't afford it, they get their health care coverage for free or very reduced rates or whatever but they get it they get it, they get it covered and then the hospital asks their other patients and their supporters for the extra money in order to cover all of those costs so it's very very possible that in a free market situation even somebody that couldn't quite afford it you know as, as you say if your mom got worse if she could afford it in the beginning but she couldn't afford it as it got worse again the hospital's going to take whatever she can pay them and then they'll try to make it up elsewhere by maybe charging other patients more or again having sort of a voluntary option on their uh, their invoices that allows their customers to contribute to the charity wing and all the the wonderful things that they do so so the solution may not even lie in the world of insurance if you've got, again, the pre-existing condition. It may just simply be something that, that charities will pick up and, and take well, care of. I think that I, – I, I, I hear you, what you're saying. But, but none it, of this is going to convince this right, guy. None of, none of this falls <laughs> into his particular arena, and this is one of the reasons why government is attractive to some people. Because government has created a scenario where he has taxed the living daylights out of him, and he has been for 50 years. Yeah. They've taken all his money up till now, and then, then – you know they're they're you know now the the healthcare industry that that is at least half government controlled is is very expensive and he wants that controlled too look they've already taken the guy's money he's not going to get it back and then you're asking um asking him to pay more for healthcare which in the free market likely he would um even though there'd be competition even uh, you know the increased competition would bring some prices down um it's even for the drugs and for the medicine and those kind of things but he's made all those arguments and it's hard to say exactly what would happen i think that your father would pay as much, if not a bit more, for what he's currently getting. Um, well, that's all speculation. It, it's 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 a speculation. You're right. Do you think yeah. that cars, you know, cars would would cost money? I mean, medicine's going to cost money. But there's they, people they, they working cost less. There. I mean, the cars cost a certain amount because there's a lot of mandates and things that they have to put. Medicine's in there. more labor intensive even than cars. I shouldn't have used those as an example. So uh, there is no easy solution here, as you said. I mean, you can make all the great points about the marketplace that you want, but your mom is sick now in the system that she is sick underneath. I don't know if we've even answered your questions. I'll bring you back again if uh, to you know to get your thoughts because we've been dabbling on here. So more coming up here with Pete. And if you've got any ideas for him, dial in here, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
Talk Live. You can bring up anything, even in these remaining moments. We may have enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features on the site because they are completely free. Once again, freetalklive.com. Want to support the show? You want to get, uh, help more people find Free Talk Live, either on the radio or on the Internet? You can help us out by becoming an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, and help advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. You get perks, too, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details, and then get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. We go back to Pete in North Carolina. Pete, who had called in to ask us uh, how to convince his father and his parents uh, about this free market idea that it's a really good idea and that could actually benefit them when they're in the midst of a situation in life that uh, is resulting in them having to pay hundreds of dollars per month to an insurance system so your mom can get covered for the medication that she needs, which could cost a few thousand dollars a month. And your dad's, uh, while he may understand some of the points you're making about the free marketplace, his basic viewpoint is, well, right now I'm paying $800 a month in insurance costs. That could get canceled. That could go up to 1200 or $2,000 a month. And I don't want to have to pay that money. So, therefore, I'd like to use the government to regulate my way out of this problem by forcing the insurance companies to accept my wife as a client. And as somebody that loves freedom and is a fan of the free marketplace, it's, it's obviously very frustrating to you that, uh, that he's taking that viewpoint. And I, I hope I've recapped appropriately here. Yeah, 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 that was decent. Um, I'm, you know, just trying to convince them, and it's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm losing the argument. Well, you know, it's, I mean, here's, here's the way I see it. And, you know, we've already talked about various different aspects of why the free market would be a better situation for everybody involved in the healthcare situation. Right. And you've exhausted those with your father, so we're trying to come up with other things. And, you know, there's. Here's, how, here's my, here's what I'm, the analogy I'm going to draw. When I moved to New Hampshire for, for the Free State Project, for the, the hope, the promise of possibly having liberty in my lifetime, when I moved up here, that sort of, that was off into the future, it's still off into the future at some point. I moved up here knowing that I was going to take a financial hit by moving here. Uh, I have to pay more taxes now than I had to pay down in Florida. Now, obviously, we want to challenge that on into the future, but we just don't have enough people here to do it effectively yet. So for now, for the time being, I had an immediate increase in my cost of living in that uh, you know I was paying $1,500 a year in property taxes down in Florida. Now I'm paying $5,000 a year. And while I did buy things, and there is a sales tax in Florida, and there's not one in New Hampshire, in I didn't car buy insurance. I didn't pay $4,000 worth of uh, sales tax right. in Florida per year. So certainly my tax, uh, you know, the, the amount of money that I have to spend in order to not stay, you know, be in a jail cell, have my house taken from me, has increased. But the reason why I was willing to take that increase on is because of the promise of more freedom in the future. Because I want to be around all of these great activists here for the Free State Project. And it's well worth it to me uh, to be in a place where I'm backed up by the people that believe believe as 
as I do, than to be completely alone, I mean virtually alone down in Florida where nobody really cares about freedom. So I was willing to go ahead and take that increased cost and under, and I understand, uh, you know, that it is a, uh, it's a risk and it's something, it's an investment into, into my future and it's a choice I was willing to make. It sounds to me like your dad is just not willing to make that same choice for himself to to take that you know mental jump of uh, leap of faith or whatever and and say to himself well while I may want to use government force to ensure that my life continue uh, in the way that it currently is and my wife continue to get this uh, this treatment that she's getting I understand that that would be wrong and that the right thing to do would be to go ahead and take what comes while supporting the changes that would be necessary in order to get to the free market but. I don't know if that's going to be a persuasive point to him either. You know, I mean, uh, his money's on the line. While and- you were saying that, it made me think of something. Okay. If you can, uh, inst- rather than going at the, the castle, which is, uh, you know, the, the, the issue of uh, health care for him, why don't you, you know, go at everything around it, you know, the, the, the things that he doesn't have fortified, and try to convince him that the free market works in every aspect besides medicine, and then he'll come to the, the, the realization that it works there, too. That's co- sort of how it's worked with me on the show, is that I've, you know, I've been shown over and over that the free market works. The free market can be trusted um, in you know, certain areas. There's still some areas that I'm not so sure of. Child prostitution, for instance, is one of them. But you know, I'm <laughs> much farther down the road to liberty than your father is, and it's all been basically because, you know... I've I, I've got faith in this uh, it, it, in the free market because it's it's just works it works all the time. How do you feel about yeah. that, Pete? Well, it's uh, you know I, I agree with you guys. I, I think it's you know much better. But I'm just you know it's he's kind of a one issue guy uh, as far as his voting goes, and uh, he uh, is I, I haven't been able to convince him. Well, try about a free you know, market because he knows he knows maybe a free market would really help him out eventually, but he knows it's not coming. He's convinced of it. I mean, government just seems to increase their uh, sure. health care uh, coverage, mm-hmm. uh, their health care uh, mandates, and uh, yep. their control over the industry. Every year. And you know so. what? As long as people who are in his position continue to throw aside principle in favor of you know benefits today, then he's absolutely right. It will never change. Because if somebody like your dad, who it sounds like he gets it at least, what you're telling him, it sounds like he understands what it is that you're trying to communicate to him. He's just rejecting it out of hand because to accept and embrace it completely would mean you know risking spending more money. And if he's not willing to accept that principle and take that risk, then he's going to be part of the problem for the rest of his life. And maybe he will get the, you know, the governmental changes that he wants to keep his wife uh, you know, as, as happy as she can possibly be and keep him as happy as he can be. And he'll just die uh, you know, of, of old age or whatever, and he'll yeah, always something's, have, something's kill you. He'll <laughs> always have supported the system. And I can understand that as somebody who is uh, you know, the son here, that you care about your parents, you want to see them have a similar belief system as you, you want to see them accept Accept the principles that you know the, this pro-liberty belief system is based on. That you know, aggressing against your neighbor, even if it's just to, uh, even if it's to pay your wife's medical bills, aggressing against your neighbors, and in this case, he's aggressing against you as well, aggressing against your own children, is the wrong thing to do. So it's frustrating for us to see our parents do this, but eventually, if we've been as persuasive as we can possibly be, and they still reject it out of hand, I have to say we have to get to the point where we. 
tell them, okay, that's fine, and I'm done. You know, it doesn't mean you have well, to stop loving. You'll never your be parents. done. You'll never be done in, uh, in in you know trying to convince people of of that because it comes up if you believe in liberty, it comes up in your day to day speaking. Well, for my mom, she doesn't want me to to talk about it, so I am done with my mom. I can't talk to her about it. Um, you know, I'd love to see my mom get it. I'd love to see her click and uh, come to understand that liberty works and that uh, tyranny sucks. But she's not even interested in hearing the discussion. And so at a yeah. certain point, I just had to say, okay. That's fine. There are other people that do want to listen to what I have to say. There are other people that are open-minded enough to uh, to appreciate the free market voluntarist viewpoint, and those are the people that I need to spend my time on. While I love my parents and I appreciate everything that they did for me, it's okay with me if they don't agree. I'm moving on, and I hate to you know I hate to say that may be what you'll have to do, but it might be what you'll have to do, Pete. Right. Well, you know, it's. it's... <laughs> I'm kind of in the same boat. My mom always cuts me off whenever I talk about these things. My dad's fairly receptive, and my mom just cuts me off completely, doesn't want to hear it, because every time any issue comes up and I'll start railing against the government and how it's their fault. Right. You've <laughs> got a negative attitude. As far as, she says, you've got a negative attitude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, she does. Right. She it's, does. it's funny. You've got the negative attitude. The government's out yeah. there forcing people to do what they want them to do with guns, but you have a negative attitude. <laughs> it's, a, right, it's a frustrating right. situation. I should just accept it. <laughs> yeah, just take it, at, you know, take it at face value and tell your dad you'd be happy to discuss these things more if he wants to, but there's no, you're not going to try to convince him anymore. And you know, you're focusing yeah. on how you can achieve the most liberty in your life lifetime and that you you know if you want to snipe at him you can say you hope that he doesn't support putting you in jail if you don't want to pay these absurd taxes you know for the socialist medicine system that they end up implementing because of people like your dad who refused to take us a, a principled stand and it's people like your you know it's people like him and my mother and these people that you know they could listen they could get it they could take a stand but they're too afraid of what the consequences might possibly be and so they quietly shuffle about their lives and they deal with what they deal with it's sad but yeah. that's the way people are and we just have to move on find people that agree with us and bring them on our side and then stand together so we can have liberty in our lifetime thank you for the call tonight i appreciate you uh, being so patient as we tried to extract as much information here and analyze this issue as closely as we could and i appreciate everybody else who unfortunately couldn't get on the air tonight do call us back tomorrow night if you're on hold we will get to you then and in the meantime, you can visit us on our website at freetalklive.com. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will see you tomorrow night. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.